they all say that as rates start stabilizing and coming down, that mm-hmm. prices are going to go up as interest mm-hmm. rates come down because people are on the sidelines and that we have a serious lack of supply. This is, I know we've, we've said it at nauseum for the last 151 episodes. But- You're listening to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast with your hosts, Paul Stevenson, David Warren, and Greg Campbell. Let's see what's going on in the world of real estate today. Hello, and welcome back to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast, where we talk about mortgages, real estate, and whatever else we want to talk about that day. Haven't said that in a while. My name is Paul Stevenson. I am a mortgage agent. You can check me out at paulstevenson.ca. I am also joined by David Warren. Mortgage agent, owner at referralmortgages.com, and Greg Campbell, Woo. realtor extraordinaire Woo. with the agency Ottawa. Woo. The agency. The agency. And gentlemen, we have all had quite a few days. <laughs> Greg, Greg, you were out last week with some personal matters. Uh, yeah. I had some also some personal matters this morning and, and over the last couple of days, and David celebrated a birthday. Mm-hmm. As Who, wants behind me? Who wants to start? <laughs> let's let the birthday boy go how was your birthday weekend there bud it was good it was good i instead of being up at the cottage with the with the guys on thursday night i was in montreal at a scotia bank meeting listening to their chief economist which was thrilling because they made it all in french i was very thrilled with that and, and dave fluent my, if anyone does wasted my freaking night uh, i was definitely mapping at 7 30 p.m of how long a drive it is was to the cottage as <laughs> a few of the guys are already up there. And I was like, three hours in the dark, rural Quebec, probably not a wise idea. But oh, yeah. Um, but uh, no, it was good. Got up for dinner Friday and then went to Saturday. Actually went and saw a show at the casino. I haven't been to a show there before. Oh, wow. uh, went and saw Matt Dusk. He's a Canadian. Sounds a lot like Michael Buble, but he had a Frank cool. Sinatra show. Nice. Uh, so that was pretty, something different. It was Yeah, it was a good time. Other than that. Right on. What it? He's got the balloons to show for it. I do, I do, I do. For those that don't know, I had had hernia surgery. I had a little hernial repair last week in Toronto, and it was was very interesting. I don't know if anyone has has had that before, male or female. It's possible. It's very common. And this place, the shoulder center, the shoulder center in uh, Toronto is basically a hernia surgery factory, and they do about 25 surgeries a day on average. Very interesting experience. I'm glad it's done. I'm in a little bit of pain. It takes about four weeks to fully recover, but uh, you know, I'm doing good. I went down on the train. I had a few days. They feed you, you stay, they keep you there. That's how they, that's how they run it. It's not an in and out kind of procedure. And uh, you meet people that are all there for the same reason. So you talk a lot about, about hernias and uh, you learn, you learn about other people, (laughs) where they're from, there's a few that are probably watching the podcast this week now, which is great. My my roomie Peter from Vancouver, he was great. We had a we had a good time together, lots of good chats. And yeah, he's actually he's actually an investor too. So that was that was pretty cool. A lot of real estate stories. And yeah, that's that's what I've been doing. So now I'm back. I came back yesterday and here I am. Great. Greg and I were FaceTiming while he was uh, walking the grounds and it had a very uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest feel. Hey. Yes. Greg's like, I'm just in my in my gown walking the grounds. Look, there's yes. people here. Uh, they yeah. let me out today. Hey. The grounds, the grounds are actually spectacular. I got yeah. I got a lot of pictures. They're massive grounds in it's in Thornhill. I just outside of Toronto around Vaughn. 
And yeah, just spectacular grounds, very well kept. And then just everyone, the service there was unreal. So I recommend it to anyone. If you have a hernia and you can afford, it's a four day trip. It costs about 1200 bucks. You got to pay what you pay. That covers your food and your, your stay basically, but well, well worth it. It's uh, kind of consider it like a little mini, mini holiday, little rest and relaxation while, while you are, are operated on mm-hmm. and, and you are repaired. But instead of waiting an extra, and you can get in in about two to four months. If you wait in, if you have a hernia, go to the doctor here. It could take you anywhere from 18 to 24 months to have the surgery. And you're in. So if anything goes wrong, then you got to go back to the emergency room. Here they keep you. It's just different experience. Mm -hmm. Rank number one in the world for hernia. Wow. Amazing. I'm now a member of that. (laughs) Our healthcare healthcare system has some, some gaps. Uh-huh. I think I so. What's happening? Okay. Something is exploding at my house. Another a tick, a tick uh, no, fly by you, right? This is. I think this is the longest intro we've had in. in wow. You know what it, it was? It's because I had set a stopwatch. I had set a stopwatch and a timer. We don't have ah. our producer today, so I'd set a stopwatch online. But there was also a five-minute timer, so that was ah. our confusing. Hey, what's that? What was that Saturday Night Live? Like, yo, wrap it up. Wrap it up. <laughs> they had the box and the thing that said wrap it up. You have the wrap it up. Anyways, the wrap it up side. I'm not even going to tell you what happened on my weekend because it'd probably take another five minutes. But long story short, engine blew Wednesday night. Car might be getting a new engine, completely covered under warranty. Had got it three days prior. Was a nightmare of 24 hours, but it was great. Went to the trade show on Thursday. The Orb trade show was incredible. Shout out to everyone who came to see me there. I saw some old faces, new faces. It was really great. And soccer tournament this weekend, woke up with a tick in my body today. That was fun. That was a skin tag. It wasn't. Had a le- had legs. I had to pry that out while Easy. making lunches this morning. And here we are. I got home about five minutes before we got on. So the tick. welcome to my life, everyone. Off, bro. <laughs> that's my, that's is- my summary. Our, yeah. our 20 minute uh, weekend re- recap. <laughs> Let's how about we get into some. Ah, you know what? People topics. like it. It's a, it's a conversation. <laughs> if you're listening to the conversation, you, you, you're a fly on the wall here. You're, you're getting, you're, you're getting all of us catching You're a tick on the wall. You're a tick in the skin. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Where do we start, gentlemen? How's the week? What are we seeing? Well, well I mean, Becca kind of held rates. We could start there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. True. Very I'm good. I'm sure everyone knows that. So that's, that's great news. Um, you can tell who's in mortgages about 10 minutes after there's any announcements. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. If you doubted who is in the industry, oh, you'll know yeah. right after there's a Bank of Canada announcement. Yeah. <laughs> everyone's a, everyone's a, a professional. Yes. So I actually put in here, I put in our chat, basically what the target rate for each individual lender is. I'll make sure that Steve puts that, Steve puts that in the chat or in the, in the comments. So target rate year end 2023. So we got all banks, BMO, CIBC, National Bank, RBC, Scotiabank, TD, all have it at 5%. So assuming there won't be any changes in December. That's our expectation as well. This is an interesting one. Target rate end of 2024. So this is kind of where they expect their rate to be, or sorry, the overnight target rate to be, their rate, sorry, target rate to be at the end of 2024. This is their expectation. So BMO says 5%. They think there'll be no change. CIBC says 3.59, which is quite low. And National Bank, RBC, Scotiabank all say 4%. And TD is saying 35 this by the end of next year. No way. Even further ahead, let's just go crazy. End of 2025, BMO has no comment. CIBC, 2.45. National Bank, RBC, no comment. Says not applicable. Scotiabank, 3.25. TD, 2.25. Wow. 
I don't I don't believe any of it. No? No. So this this puts prime right now we're 5% prime's at 2.2%. So this would put prime even for Se- the 7.2 7.2. Yeah. So yeah. it's, but at 2.2 over the oh, overnight. Yeah. So these yeah. are the overnight lending rates, backhand overnight lending rates. So RBC is saying effectively 6.2 and then all the way down to, to TD at, at 5.7 as prime. Mm-hmm. I mean, really any of them. Yeah. I mean, it's a friggin' coin flip on any of them. I, I think everything that I've, I've heard from most, economists and chief economists have been like dropping by a full percent by the end of like in that three quarter to a percent by the end of 2024. But again, there's a lot that's starting in the still, no matter what, nothing's changed. Even from the French chief economist from <laughs> Bank, I got the Coles notes afterwards in English and and he was basically saying the same thing of not, not nothing changing until June. So it's it seems like everyone's almost a consensus of of the bank can is starting to drop around mid next year. So for any of these that are looking at the four percent and three point five for TD because they're even saying the same of the June, that's going to be a pretty quick decrease for the latter half of twenty twenty four. Like six months and a full percent would be interesting. Les tel les David. They the rates are going down. That's all Dave understood from the... Uh, I did not even understand that. <laughs> <laughs> I had to Google it. So certainly uh, <laughs> certainly not any better myself. Yeah, no, it, it is interesting. I think I've actually seen the last probably two weeks, more people at least inquiring about variable. So I think especially after the Bank Canada announcement, I had two clients last week that we were submitting for approval that switched from fixed rate to variable. Like we'd kind of been talking about all of them. And then when they heard the rate announcement, I had kind of explained to them like, you know, this is... This is probably going to hold, like there probably won't be an increase or, or any change. And after that happened, they said, you know what, we're going to go with the variable. So it seems like people are open to it now, or at least I have some clients that say like, well, we will never go fix. Like they're just committed to variable. Like, oh my, you know, my mm-hmm. economics professor told me always go variable and they're, you know, they're devout to that. <laughs> so yeah, so it is interesting though, you know, seeing kind of the ebbs and flows of the, of the rate decisions by clients. Obviously we're here to guide them and give them options but ultimately you know we have to make sure that they're making a, a sound decision and they're comfortable with that with that rate option so interesting hearing people inquiring more about variable you know a couple of years ago mm. it was very standard like more people mm. were going yeah. variable as we know but i think i think it was april or may of this year they said you know 95 percent of people took fixed mm-hmm. some like absurd number so I, i'd imagine that's probably sneaking down to close to 50 50 again if i had to guess but then the same, in the same, probably 30, but it's on its way. It's on its way down. I would imagine. In the same breath, every every bank though, and every economist, and every article that you look at, not just us talking about it and us making it up, is that they all say that as rates start stabilizing and coming down, that mm-hmm. prices are going to go up as interest mm-hmm. rates come down because people are on the sidelines and that we have a serious lack of supply. This is, I know we've, we've said it at nauseum for the last 151 to sh- me, episodes, but I think, you know, it's really something where everyone, if you're, again, if you are on the sidelines, if you are thinking of, of buying, certainly again, like in the next few months is going to be a good time to buy because getting, if, if every bank and every economist is really targeting mid next year for starting to decrease in rates, you know, waiting until that happens, you're, you're going to be caught off 
guard and, 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 you know, rates are going to just go from there. If there's a sentiment that it's coming where rates are going to go down and we're maybe in February and people are expecting it to start decreasing in May or, or June, then those people are also going to be jumping, you know, starting to pick up momentum as well coming out of the, out of the winter. The, The most, the most common question, I probably got asked at least four to five times in conversations on Thursday from realtors was I have lots of clients shopping pre-approved that aren't buying like what what should i tell them and it was exactly that i said well if they're waiting like what is the purpose of waiting most of it was like well they're waiting for rates to come down they're waiting for prices to drop further worst strategy yeah worst strategy that's i said i said if if you can just simply tell them like if rates do come down then prices are going to go up and like it's it's inevitable i think i think that's i think for any realtor listening on here or mortgage professional that you have clients that are asking that or a realtor and they're talking, you know, you have clients talking about they're waiting for prices to come down, et cetera. I would say, don't give them even your opinion. Look up and just send them news articles from economists. Every bank, every economist, CMHC even has it. Everyone is stating that things have leveled off right now that the trough was in June and February. And you can even show that price leading up to June and February, just use the actual statistic the actual hard numbers and provide articles from the last week. It doesn't matter what week you look at, you can find them on Globe and Mail, like Financial Post, like every, every new, you know, it doesn't matter what newspaper you go to their site, you can find articles on it, go to CMHC directly and you'll find articles within the last week, because every week they keep coming out of supply being way too short, immigration being up, that there's not enough. And as soon as rates start coming down, that the trap that, that business will pick up. So I'd say just use those and don't even just give them your opinion. Be like, here's here's what others are saying. Here's what even CMHC is saying. Here's what, you know, and and um and use that to your advantage. There are so many opportunities properly. right now and there are homes that have to sell that have been on the market for a while and the price reductions and the final sales price <clears throat> drops in a lot of these is staggering. So if you're not in all, not in all homes, but if you're looking to buy right now and you see a price and you just think that it's too high or something like that, just go see it, submit an offer and see where it goes. Because I'm telling you, I've seen like, Price reductions and drops right now are just are just ridiculous. Like let's say let's say you were looking for what was a million like a one point one million dollar home. I've seen one point one. I've seen more one point one million dollar homes sell for nine hundred thousand in the last month than I have ever in the history of real estate of mm-hmm. my career. So the opportunities are there if you're looking. I mean, I've just been kind of working around that price point lately. And here's another interesting fact about that price point. Anything built between 2018 to 2023 that was 900,000 to 1.1 million in the suburbs. So that's Orleans, Barhaven, Canada, Stittsville, Finley Creek, uh, and Riverside South. Anything detached that was in that price point, there was only four sales in the last three weeks at that price point in a detached single family home. So think about that. And, and all of those were on the market for over 120 days and they sold for actually, sorry, almost that long. And they all sold for in and around the low 900s. <clears throat> so I'm telling you, like, 
there's there's opportunity. I'm not saying that every house is going to sell at, like they're going to do a crazy reduction like that. They're a little bit more balanced now, like especially the new ones that are coming out. But there's there's opportunities, guys, that have never existed in the last few years for a home like that. If you can, you know, if it's in your capacity to afford that with, with the rates being where they are right now, based on so your do you see do you see that million mark being like almost like a resistance level or is it just that's just the number? That's just where houses are at. Well, like, that's just, people not wanting to pay more than a million, or is it just a matter of? Yeah, well, like, I mean, well, that's, that's the thing, right? And and I don't know what it is. It's like I'm seeing one like homes that were they would have been listed. Some of the new ones coming out would have been listed over a million a few months ago, mm-hmm. you know. And now they're they're they have to list under a million, and chances are they're going to sell you know low nines, mm-hmm. depending on the urgency of the sale, right? It's all about the positioning of the seller, like what they need to do. It's like the the folks that I was telling you guys about a few weeks ago. You know, we got we got one that was originally listed at one point. What was it? One point five. One point one five. One point one five. We got it for nine thirty five. One hundred and ten days later. Yeah. Like stuff like that. There was another one that I just saw. It was listed at one point one point five. It dropped down to nine ninety nine. Dropped down to nine seventy five, and it sold for nine hundred. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, I, that's a clients, good buy because now that's more accurate in true value over time. I, I haven't seen an APS come in at list price in at least a month and a half. I I'm going to I'm going to say I just got an AP uh, purchase agreement on Friday. They were holding offers. Yeah, and it went twenty fifty thousand over. Ah, but it go. was probably listed at a great price. To yeah. Get it. Yeah, but the accepted offer was conditional. Is conditional like on the sale of their house still? By oh wow! Still went 50, <laughs> wow. 50 in a multiple over. offer, in a multi-offer. That's a great story. In still a multiple, 50, still a first refusal. Wow. Still, yeah, 50, 50 over over the list. A single family and in Barhaven, I believe. And we'll uh, see what their place sells for. Eh? And well, yeah, hey, we'll see so if we was, get that extra fifty for us. Uh, yeah, and and then another and then another one, but it was a it's a unique property with acreage out in Ashton, and they got. And it went, they had a lot of action on it and it went over, over list actually slightly like 10, but it was big acreage. Mm. Yeah. Here's some, here's another interesting general fact I can tell you. Orleans again, I, I started working on this a bit last night. The anything built between 20, any townhome built between 2013 and 2023 in Orleans, the last four weeks, there's only been four sales and the average is 600. And there's 12 active on the market right now. And the average price of that is, let me just bring that up here. And the average price of the actives is 640. So let's, and that's 40 days on market. So let's see how long that lasts. So those ones at 640, there's a one that skews out a bit. It's a big four bedroom, brand new. That's at 720. That's been on 75 days. There's no way in the world that's selling at that price. So, you know, the, the average of 600, that's, you know, that's great. That's a good price. And I think that's, and I think things are probably going to stick around there. It may go down a bit more, but I mean, to think that you can get a nice newer townhome, 600 or less right Mm -hmm. now in Orleans, that's, that's Mm -hmm. great. Yeah. It's, I guess to your point, I mean, you're, you're right, Dave, there are, there's going to be those kind of anomalies. I feel like We've said this before, though, like right now, even with that multiple offer, like the fact that there's that first right of refusal <laughs> just shows that like the power is in the buyer's hands right now, even even mm-hmm. in a multiple offer situation. Yeah. You know, 
Well, and, the, and, the, and the, listen to this. So imagine, so imagine you get that offer and your first refusal is a townhome in Orleans. Mm-hmm. Average days on market is 40. Mm-hmm. So that first refusal is either going to price competitively to sell so they can get into that home, which is obviously, you know, probably their dream home. They, they, they want in multiples to get it with the first refusal. But I mean, the seller can be expecting 40 days, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So that's, that's just where, that's where we're at right now. So I, I know we say this a lot, like, you know, during certain times of the year for buyers that it's the time to buy, but from what I see the trend over the next four months is a killer opportunity for anybody that has the capacity to buy and is looking to buy, especially for people that are renting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, especially for people that don't, don't have to sell. Long. Yeah. If you're just don't wait you're too getting long. into the market. Amortizations has also been something discussed a lot recently. Banks have obviously been saying that, you know, they're extending amortizations and and they've have, you know, X amount percent of amortizations over 30 years. And it's kind of been all the rage on our side. You know, Dave and I were talking about this last week that there are lenders for anyone who doesn't know the standard is 25 years. If you're getting an insured mortgage, you know, less than 20 percent. But if you're putting more than 20 percent or in some cases, 35 percent, you can put you can get up to 40 years as an amortization. Now, Equitable Bank is now, they're offering a 40-year amortized mortgage in Canada. There are other lenders that offer it now. But Greg, you sent me this over the weekend, which I thought was very interesting. It says, at a constant 6% annual interest, your total interest paid with this product would be 164% on a 40-year amortization or 40-year amortized mortgage. So if you borrowed 500,000, you'd pay it back over 480 payments of $2,751, which equates to $1.32 million over the 40 years. Mm-hmm. Now, that is obviously a very staggering number. But as I said before we came on air, I think if you did that for a 25 or 30 year amortization mortgage, you'd also be blown away at how much interest mm-hmm. you pay. So this one's a bit more staggering because you got an extra 15 years on there. But I mean, amortized over 25 years interest you know, compounding semi-annually, it it adds up, you know, it, it certainly adds up. The the long the longer amortizations though for a market for qualifying like we are in now mm-hmm. are a sh- you know are used and should be used as a short-term solution in the sense of that you're using it to get, to qualify now while the qualifying rates are high mm-hmm. to get you so that you can get into that home and as rates come down over the next you know year, two years that you're then refinancing out and transferring over to your conventional bank because your TDs and RBCs and you know big six, et cetera, your your A lenders or mono lines are not going to be offering 40-year amortizations. The max they're going to offer is 30-year. So, you know, keeping in mind that any of these 40-year amortizations, you do have to have a minimum of 20% down to qualify for these. These are conventional mortgages. They are not insured mortgages, but it's a short-term gap. It's really or or stop gap to get into the home now while qualifying so high. But yeah, I mean if you're if for those that are leaving it for the entire the entire term, that yeah. whole 40 years, yeah, it's you know. Yeah, it's yeah. daunting. But yeah. again, like you said, like if someone <laughs> if someone is in a point now where maybe they took a a 30-year amortization up front to get to get into the home and now, you know, rates are up and they can no longer qualify for 30, they may have to kind of extend it just to keep that home for now and then, you know, like you said. But it's true, you can, you know, you do that for 2-3 years. You know, five years if you need to, and then you can mm-hmm. switch it back when you can qualify in a different way. Now, now, now I'd be now you put that up against though the forty-year trend history of of price increases on on real mm. estate. 
mm-hmm. in Ottawa. So you take a fi- $500,000 house, you know, using that article, yeah, yeah. 1.3 over 40 years. Like what percentage of increase has 40 years ago of a property gone up mm. as well in, in correlation? Yeah, It'd be interesting three, to see what it, you know, is it worth, 400%. Then worth? Yeah. So is it worth then like, you know, that 500,000 in 40 years really worth 2.5 million? <laughs> you know, as crazy as that sounds, but yeah, I don't know. That'd be. Or do we even own anything anymore at that point? We're all, <laughs> we're all in the matrix. Good segue. <laughs> if you had a CBC article. Yes. I think you want to touch on that was. Yes. I mean, it was, it's more, you know, it's, it's something to chat about and how it can maybe parlay or, or affect real estate, but also for getting people's opinions on whether they think it's a good program, one that's going to, you know, benefit or not, but it's, it's looking at, there's a, there's a bill right now that's been tabled in the house of commons that is working its way through for a basic income, a a basic living wage for all Canadians ages, I believe it's 17 and up, whether you're resident, permanent resident, a refugee um, really falls under everything. It's almost $17,000 per single individual, 24,000 per couple, and an additional $6,000 for if you're for disability. So what that disability, what what fa- constitutes or falls under that disability, really not sure. I don't know that that's been really outlined, but you know, really this is they tested it with CERB. That was their really where you know where this the idea for CERB came from because it was already being talked about with the current government and and prior and and now is actually a tabled bill, and and like I said, it's actually getting pretty far along. You know how to. My my kind of thinking on it is is number one is we're already, you know, we already don't have a balanced budget and where's the money coming from and how many people are going to take advantage of this or mm-hmm. or that should not you know we saw that with Serb, mm-hmm. but then how does that affect income? You know we've got, you know, people that are employer our employers now having to basically just add an additional seventeen thousand basically on everyone's income, which then is boosting up cost of living anyways and and then boosting up what people qualify for in a mortgage which then puts up housing prices mm-hmm. and how that parlays. You know, I, I think it's a, I think it's an interesting, like. Well, so bill. UBI would, would be provided to all citizens, right? Like it's not just the people, unless it's, unless that's specific to that bill, but the standard UBI is for everyone. Like everyone would get it regardless of your income. Like everyone gets the UBI. So it's okay. just like a base amount. Like from what I've read about it, I didn't even know this, this model existed until like five or six years ago. And it kind of piqued my interest because it was just, something new. And obviously, you know, there's many different ways to run societies and people have tried many different ways over the years. And this is definitely one of them. The pros from what I understand is obviously poverty and inequality reduction. So the hope is that, you know, with a guaranteed income that people can cover their basic needs, food, clothing, et cetera, housing, which would decrease poverty levels. And then the second main thing is the freedom to choose your work. So the hope is that with UBI, you can kind of pursue jobs that you're truly passionate about or take time to learn new skills. Now, whether people do that, I don't think that happens often, but that is the the thought process. And then the negative is obviously the high cost, like the implementation of it is, you know, requires substantial funding and obviously higher taxes, increased national debt, et cetera. And then potential for inflation, which we're trying to combat right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, adding to inflation in a time when we're trying to battle inflation would be, you know, pouring gas on the fire, but uh, we will see. 
I haven't really, I, I can't really say if I'm for or against it right now. It's very, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of bullet points that you would have to work mm-hmm. through. But like you said, I think COVID was an, was an interesting trial, I guess, of that. And it wasn't necessarily for everyone, but for the people that needed it. And even at that, people abused it. So in this case, I think it is a bit different because everyone does get it. So people would probably, the people that don't need it might reinvest it or donate it or, you know, it might increase so, social are, services. Wait, are you taxed on that? I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, it would be minimal, but I'm just wondering like how. I mean, it, under, you know, at that, at that level of, you know, just shy of 17,000, I don't believe that like if that's the only income you're make you're earning. Yeah, uh, if you're earning, that, but then, I'm that, then that's we're all then getting that's under the threshold. But any others, and for sure, it's being added on and 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 being like adding to your income and being taxed on. But directly related to housing, you're right. Like if every single person has a twenty thousand dollar bolster to their income, it's going to help them qualify for more, which is just going to drive up prices further, right? Yeah. And yeah. if inflation, if it causes further inflation, that means interest rates are also going to continue to go up so it's kind of like you can't have everything right like we were saying before like if rates come down prices go up well if you give everyone more money prices are going to go up and probably rates are going to go up due to that inflation at least the variable rates yeah it's it's just an you know it's it's something that i came across i mean like you said you've uh, i guess this was tabled in 2021 i yeah i just never i hadn't seen any articles and they're and they've just really started a number of articles coming out this past few days and and anyways i found it interesting just, you know, as an overall for what effects it'll have, you know, to your point, Paul, of, you know, on poverty and 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 everything like that, but then also on employment, who's doing what jobs, are people going to want to work certain jobs, but, and then also, you know, correlating to, you know, what we're, what we're on here talking about is, is on real estate, like what that impact has. And yeah, anyways, we'll, we'll put it in the chat, we'll table it. And, and I know we're, we're planning to put the kind of that clip on, on socials. So, you know, I'll get us just a quick soundbite. Eh? What do you think about mm-hmm. universal basic income? Yeah. Hey, what are the pros and cons in your mind? There we go. Yeah, I'll clip that um, in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, lots of lots of things happening. I feel like we could probably go for another another half hour today, but we are we're, we're at our 30 minute mark, gents. Let's do we want to get boost. into the consumer trends yeah. or let's just get into let's the mood boost. Get in the mood boost. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> I have some Halloween mood oh, boost yeah. today. Since this will be coming out on Halloween, we'll we'll get some of these in. Greg, you may have seen these already, so I do apologize. But here we go. Give me a second so I can find them. You guys keep talking. Mood boost music. I don't even know what I'm doing right now. It's like a jazzy. It's that hernia. All right, here we go. There's four today. Number one, how do you know if a mummy is sick? He can't stop coughing. Mm. Number two, can't stop coughing. Number two, why can't skeletons play church music? They have no organs. Oh, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Number three, what kind of underwear do mummies wear? Fruit of the tomb. Fruit of the tomb. And last but not least, what's a vampire's favorite ice cream, gentlemen? Vanilla. 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 Does Fruit of the Loom even exist anymore? Yes. Yeah, they do. God, I remember those ads. They were the best. I literally just bought 
my no. son some new Fruit of Loom underwear over the weekend. You yes. own the loom. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, also, I should say, the getting back to the tick, that was from raking leaves. So if you're out doing any yard work in the next couple of days, check yourself for ticks. PSA over here. Yeah. Check yourself for ticks. Yeah. Don't want to get ticked off. Don't want to get ticked off. I woke up ticked. Just yeah. ticked. So ticked. Uh, wow. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Tuesdays, 10 a.m., we release these. We'll get a live show going in November, I think, eh, gents? Mm -hmm, and we're mm -hmm. still waiting for Mr. Luloff to, I think he's going to be back on next week, but we'll, we'll confirm that. Sounds good. Sounds good. Great. Great, guys. Great. Great. We this miss you, Stephen. Correct. All right. See you guys. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please remember to like, share, comment, and subscribe because we'd really like that.